Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. I am your host, Chris Raybon, and this is your NFL Week 13 betting preview, where we will talk about our favorite totals, teasers, underdogs, and of course, crack open our Sunday six-pack of Against the Spread bets with the help of my co-host, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, Stucky. And Stuck, got to give you a shout out for crushing it last week on the pod. You swept every single bet, uh, money line, dog, oh, uh, total, all three of your your picks. So uh, good stuff, bro. Happy Thanksgiving. How you doing, man? Yeah, I'm a little under the weather, so if I sound a little off, but uh, yeah, it was a nice, it was a nice swept that we swept Thanksgiving. Lions got there, the total total <laughs> got there at night, which was nice. Yeah, then swept Sunday, which is always nice. But as I say every week, who cares? It's on to the next, so it's time to dig into this week's card. And it's been a hell of a year for both of us, and hopefully we can keep it rolling through the end of the, the Super Bowl. Yes, sir. Let's get right into it. Break down this Thursday night football game. It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet Thursday night football. And we got the Buffalo Bills at the New England Patriots in Foxborough. So the Bills are favored by four on the road in Foxborough. The total is 43 and a half and stuck. We kind of talked about this last week with the Lions facing the Bills, but I just don't think the Bills are in tip-top shape right now. Still a very good team, and they're going to get their wins, but some of them might be ugly, and uh, I think this could be one of them. But uh, what do you think about this one uh, with the Bills going to Foxborough? 
I mentioned this on Twitter after that Lions game, that Bill's fades right now are gold. And that was something we couldn't say in the last couple of years. They were a covering machine when they won. They won with margin. But it's just not the same team right now. I don't know if Josh Allen isn't the same quarterback. He's not fully healthy. He's not in sync with the offense. And then the defense is just banged up. I should just leave it off the top. I like the Patriots. I played the Patriots here. I like them. Anything four or above is fine. This is a huge game for them, by the way. And they probably should have won at Minnesota. If not for a kick return, a a horrible call near the goal line, which I still don't get. But uh, the most important thing was Mac Jones looked a lot better again. And I think that we talked about this before after the bye week. I think he needed some more reps and he had to shake off some rust. But he looked a lot better, kind of like the Mac Jones that we saw last year, not the one we saw earlier this season. So I think he can have some success against a defense that, look, it's not going to have Von Miller. Hyde is still out. You have a bunch of guys in the secondary that are dealing with injuries or already out. Um, There was an illness going around the team this week, and it's a short week. I know that they both played on Thanksgiving, but they they had the Bills had guys out on Monday and Tuesday with an illness going around the locker room. Uh, I think maybe I caught it, but uh, (laughs) it seems to be flus going all around locker rooms across many sports, but that is not going to help. And then now you're going to have Deion Dawkins most likely out, which is massive. One of the most important players in their offense at left tackle, especially when you consider Spencer Brown a right tackle. PFF has him graded 74th out of 76 starting tackles. And since week eight, when this injury occurred for Josh Allen, 25th completion percentage over expectation. And on the season, he has the fifth highest turnover-worthy play percentage when under pressure. 11, but he only has three picks. No Dawkins here against a defense that can get pressure. Uh, you might see a couple more mistakes from Allen. And yeah, the Bills will be fine once they get healthy. Be really interesting to see when and if Von Miller comes back. But right now, it's not the same Bills juggernaut that we're used to. It's the reason that they haven't covered in about a month. And uh, I think the Patriots are the side here. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there. Probably won't bet it. I'm trying to stay away from Thursday this week and just chill. Get some shit done, but um, well, I, you should I, do that next weekend for Rams Raiders. <laughs> you know, it's funny. One of my boys is in town, and he, he the first thing he asked me if I want to go to that game. So I might actually be at Rams Raiders. But uh, wow, yeah, I got. Uh, what, are, what are tickets going to be? Eight eight dollars? <laughs> no, I agree with you on the Bills. They're just not themselves right now. Josh Allen is, you know, he's kind of he's in this mode where. He can play kind of sloppy and he's still great or, or good enough, but you know, it's not, he, he's not tightening it up. And I don't know, like you said, I don't know if it's the injury. Uh, it could be, but it just seems like every drive, there's like one or two plays that Allen just makes that are just wow. But there's one or two that are just like head scratching. And uh, I, yeah, I think, I think teams are going to be able to stay close with Buffalo uh, you know, all these elite teams really, you know, this point in the season, we're kind of in the middle 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 to end part of the year, I just see these elite teams struggling to uh, win with margin. So, uh, agree with you on the Patriots. Yeah, look out! Don't don't underestimate the loss of Dawkins uh, against Judon and company. He's handled Judon in the past, and uh, you can see you're going to most likely see some more uh, pressure and havoc in the backfield with him out of the lineup. All right, so Stuck is on the Patriots. Anything for or better as the home dog, home divisional dog in Foxborough Thursday night. Now it is time to crack open the Week 13 Sunday six-pack. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open 
the Sunday Six Pack. All right, as I mentioned, uh, if you are not familiar with how we score it, uh, each of our top two picks on the six-pack are worth two points each. Our third one is worth a point. Sweeping all three is worth another point. Uh, and the total uh, that we give out in the next segment is also worth a point. So, Stuck, with your seven-point week, you got a touchdown on me. I just got a field goal. Uh, you've cut it to 45-38, so you're back in it. Where are you going with pick number one for week 13? So we were 5-0-1 on the six-pack last week. We're, we, I don't know if we've ever gotten the double sweep, so we're close. So my first pick for the week 13 Sunday six-pack presented by FanDuel, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs minus two and a half at the Cincinnati Bengals. This one is really simple for me. I had this spot circled. Before the season started, this is similar to like the Bills when they go to the Chiefs after they lose in the playoffs. This is double revenge for Kansas City. And I said to myself earlier this year, before the season started, when I mark out my spot, I said, I just want the Chiefs under three. Well, we got it here, mainly because the Bengals, I think, won at Tennessee. Maybe you would have saw three here uh, if they had lost that game. But um, I just need Mahomes to win this game, by the way, in <laughs> historically – that's a really good bet. He's 17-5-1 against the spread as an underdog or favorite of three or less. He's won 26 straight games in November and December. And look, the Bengals also want to win this game, right? They, they Just like the Chiefs, I do think that the Chiefs have been waiting a little bit more for this after all the smack that the Bengals' D-backs talked after the game. And But the reason why I like I have this spot circled is, well, the Bengals, they should have lost, they could have easily lost both games last year. They were the Chiefs blew double digit leads in the second half in each. Mahomes makes a brain fart at the end of the first half in the playoff game. Then the Bengals make this defensive change and they just drop eight. Mahomes was lost. And then in the well, the regular season game, they got all these penalties at the end. They were able to run the clock, bleed the clock all the way down and win at the buzzer. Um, but the Chiefs have been, I can almost promise you, I talk about this a lot of weeks, why their games go under at home. A lot why they're not great at covering as a favorite at home is they kind of just they don't show a lot and they're just like all right let's let's save some stuff for the more important games and uh against you know this this all right let's drop everyone back Mahomes they I think they have a lot up their sleeve here and they played the Rams last week who were starting Bryce Perkins I and the Bengals had a game that I think would have ruined their playoff chances had they had lost it given their schedule down the stretch they had to prepare all week for the Titans. I can almost guarantee you, not only have the Chiefs been kind of, you know, spent some of the offseason game planning for some of the looks the Bengals gave them, I can guarantee you the week leading up to the Rams game, that staff spent some time on this particular game. Big coaching mismatch here. Massive, massive revenge game. And I think you're going to see the Chiefs as the team that makes those big adjustments. Jamar Chase looks like he'll go. I don't know if he'll be 100% healthy, but I just need Mahomes to win this game. He's been salivating at this chance. I've been salivating at the spot. I just wanted under a field goal. It's that simple. Give me the Chiefs. Yeah, you know, talked about how these elite teams aren't really winning with margin. Well, now you're getting Patrick Mahomes under a field goal uh, in this spot. So, yeah, uh, I can't uh, can't argue with it. And you're right. I think, you know, this is a revenge spot for the Chiefs in a big way. They're going to come out very motivated here. And uh, a lot of what's been going wrong with the Chiefs, it's just been – Patrick Mahomes doing 
it, like it's kind of like Josh Allen, except I don't think it, it's not injury related, but you know, just dumb plays in a red zone, things that are correctable. Uh, so, uh, and the Chiefs, they look pretty healthy aside. I think Tony's probably going to miss Juju has an illness, but I, I think he'll go. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I just Chiefs think you're going to see a, but, a completely buttoned up Chiefs effort. And then you're going to see some unreal play calling and game scripting. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm trusting Patty to, to get this win. For my first pick and the second overall of the week 13 Sunday six pack, I am going with the Tennessee Titans plus five and a half at the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think we talked about this last week, but I've been waiting for a spot to like this to back the Titans and I'm doing it against the Eagles because the Titans can do two things. Well, they can run and they can stop the run. And that's what you have to do to hang with this Eagles team. Titans are number one in run defense DVOA, and that's going to make the Eagles have to throw the ball a little more. You know, that's when they kind of it gets gets kind of choppy for them on offense. On the other side, you know that that Eagles run defense has still been vulnerable, and Derrick Henry love him in this spot, and love Rabel in these spots as well. Twenty one and seven against the spread in his career when he's an underdog by a field goal or more Titans look like they're going to get center Ben Jones back practiced in full on Wednesday. So uh, that was good. I think, I think Simmons will go as well. He did. He didn't practice Wednesday, but I think that was more maintenance. He doesn't practice Saturday sometimes in play. So yeah, yeah, he's going to play. So the Titans are looking pretty healthy. I mean, Eagles are healthy too. So it's, but the Titans, you know, they're a deep team, and when they're healthy, you know, they're, they're, they're a team that they're going to be a live dog in this spot. And you look at the Eagles, and I mentioned these elite teams kind of struggling, you know, it gets to that point in the season. You've seen everything they've done on tape. It's got, you know, war of attrition here. They're without Goddard and things like that. But first seven games, 11 average point differential. Last four games, plus 2.3. So it's been – almost cut in fifths in, in terms of the Eagles. They're still getting it done for the most part, but everything's within a score now. And all these games could go either way. And if I want any team in a one-score game, it's the Titans, especially especially after last week when they blow a chance to potentially come back on a boneheaded special teams play. Uh, you know, Vrabel is going to light into his guys and have them really coming out motivated this week and this is his kind of spot it's you know hovering by 7.7 points per game on average when he's a dog of a field goal or more i mean it's like tomlin except he he covers by more margin you know the record is kind of similar but man uh love these spots give me the titans plus five and a half i I completely agree i was waiting for seven and then it just yeah not gonna happen i got got it away from me i got it early in the week what did i get it i think it was Six and a half, yeah. So you know, at least if it goes to overtime, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm covered. Yeah, the so you know it's in a dead range now. So I always bring this up when we take lines five, five and a half. Just wait. I'm I'm gonna wait to see where this goes. See if there's some sharp money that comes to the Eagles. Like you said, the Eagles are healthy. But yeah, I think Goddard's a big loss, specifically in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Then you know they lose C.J. Gardner Johnson. I know the rookie. Yeah, that's a big the rookie. Reed Blankenship looked okay, but that's that's uh, a drop off. And then they're missing their good slot corner, in Avanti Maddox. Um, and then, you know, the run D 
still isn't the same without Jordan Davis. And I think that's big here, especially if Ben Jones is back going up against Derrick Henry. And the Eagles just aren't playing crisp ball right now. They got off to that such hot start. They're also still plus 13 in turnover margin, which leads the NFL by about, I think, five or six. Yeah. So there's a potential regression coming there. And yeah, this is just a, a classic Vrabel spot. And so I, I agree with you. And, and look, the Eagles run a unique offense and they get off to fast starts, but so does Tennessee. They're always good in the, in the scripted portions. So I think they can match them early. And then one thing you can count on with Vrabel is he always will have a good defensive game plan. Yes. And so he'll have a good defensive game plan here for a unique offense, which is really important. You can't just come out and run your base stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I like uh, I like the Titans here. And another, another thing worth mentioning is, which will segue into my second pick, is the difference in the AFC versus NFC, man, is just it gets bigger by the day. I've been watching the Bucks losing the Browns, just the latest example. But AFC dogs against the NFC this year are 14 and 7 against the spread. And I think that just the AFC this year is so much stronger from top to bottom. Except Denver. Except Denver. Yeah. I mean, if you remove Denver <laughs> and like the Texans, then it's it's uh it's it's even stronger. So which brings me to my second pick and the third overall of the week 13 Sunday six pack. I'm going with the New York football jets plus three at the Minnesota Vikings. By the way, I'm, I'm happy. The main thing I, yeah, I swept last week, but I'm just happy. I didn't have to answer to you for losing money. <laughs> oh Wilson. man. That could have uh, gone so up crazy. Working out perfectly. Yeah, Mike White it, it got, got off to start. a weird start too, because the Bears are actually up at one point, and then the Jets did that weird. Well, the Bears PR play. teams like uh, fucking Peterman starting, and then yeah, right, and then, I, then oh, he didn't. Dude. I was like, what the hell? I'm, I see Renzo pop up. They're like uh, Simeon. I'm like, these announcers have the quarterback's name wrong. Right, and then I look into it. I'm like, no, he actually is starting. But Mike White, what did he do last week? He just was very efficient, complete all the passes that Zach Wilson couldn't, had a really strong game. That was the missing piece on the Jets. Why I, I wouldn't back the Jets all year because of the quarterback. Well, now I'm backing them back-to-back weeks because Zach Wilson is out of there. Kind of similar to you with Wentz. Yes. <laughs> and uh, look, I, I think the Vikings are about – they got that big win over New England, but it was another, like, fluky win. Talked to, I mentioned this earlier. Kick return for a touchdown. You get a beneficial call. And – it's like their ninth single digit win of the season. And there, if you look like I've number one, they are sitting in prime position in their division. The Eagles kind of went into like this little law. This is who the Vikings have left. You know, they host the jets. They then they got the lions, the Colts, the giants, the Packers and the bears. That's their remaining schedule. So I think you could stay. They might be a little flat here after that new England win, but more importantly, I think that, the Jets will get pressure on Cousins, mm-hmm. who, by the way, just it's it's he, he's just not he's having a really good year, but over the last couple of years, he's just not that consistent. It'll be great game and then eh game, great game, eh game. After a straight up win since 2017, he's 16, 29, and two against the spread. But Jets can get pressure without blitzing. Like their secondary. I also like just the mojo of this team, right? They made the quarterback change last week. Everything worked out. They're gonna come into this game fired up, better special teams, better defense, and now they have Mike White, who's going up against another weak defense in the NFC North that he can attack with short passes. Uh, the Vikings really defend, really struggle to defend short passes. They're 31st in the NFL uh, in that department. And last week, Mike White, 65%, which is a really high percentage of his passes were considered short. So I think that the Jets can 
march down the field here. He'll hit some explosives here and there, but their defense will cause Cousins some problems. Uh, the Vikings also have some just a one score regression, some turnover regression coming their way. This is, and like I mentioned, I think this is just kind of a feel thing. I think the Vikings might go in like just this little like lull here where they're sitting in the NFC. And this is a massive game for the Jets. Like, think about that. Like the the Jets, if they lose this game, it's like they're they're the AFC is crazy. Like they're they're seven and five. If they lose this game, like their playoff percentage goes from like, you know, right now it's probably like 60% to like 30. Like you can't lose games in the AFC, especially in that division. Um so I think you get a fully focused Jets team and uh, with Mike White at the helm. And I think they made the right decision last week, benching Zach Wilson, and they carry that momentum over to this week and they get the outright win at Minnesota. You know, I would have loved three and a half. That's not coming here. But the Vikings are the worst kicking game in the NFL this year. So missed extra points are happening every week. That could happen here too. You could lose this game by two or one. Their kicking has been atrocious. But uh, yeah, give me the Jets who have been really reliable on the road this year and uh, I don't have Zach Wilson. I got my guy, Mike White. Let's ride. Yeah, uh, I'll be on the Jets as well. I love this pick. I think perception of these two teams, because the Vikings have the the great record, which, you know, credit to them, that was what their fans have been waiting for after they spent the last, you know, four or five seasons just losing close games. So props to the Vikings. But you look at this team on paper, and they're 22nd in DVOA, 20th on offense, 23rd on defense and 20th in special teams. The Jets are ninth in. And that overall. doesn't account for like, hey, we played the Dolphins, who are really highly rated with their third string quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it does schedule adjust, but yeah, it can't. But doesn't it adjust for injuries. It like that's yeah, basically right. like you played the Dolphins with Skylar Thompson were like a bottom 10 team. Exactly. So the Jets are ninth in overall DVOA. So that's better than Minnesota by. With Zach Wilson as right. their quarterback. And that's and they're better. So that's better by tw- thirteen spots overall. They're better on offense. They are eighteenth. Minnesota's twentieth, and that's with Zach Wilson and not Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, or Dalvin Cook or Christian Darrisaw. And they're fourth on defense compared to the Vikings, twenty third. It's nineteen spots better. We know that. And they're also better on special teams. The Jets are better across the board than the Minnesota Vikings. Remember, I was talking about this Jets team like week one or two. I was like, you know, this this roster's scary if they can just figure out the quarterback situation. Like, this is a squad here. Uh, so I love it. Um, wish wish I had gotten the uh, the three and a half, but uh, didn't. But, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest, too, for the exact same reasons. I think Cousins has not been good this year, actually. I think it's one of his worst seasons. Probably his worst season in Minnesota. Uh, he's averaging like 10.4 yards per completion with, despite having Jefferson, uh, you know, despite having great – uh, left tackle play. It, it's just, it, it's it's not fully come together. Um, you know, so I, the Vikings need to kind of, their record is great, but they need to to kind of shore some things up to make a deep playoff run. They're not, to me, they're not there yet based on what I've seen. So Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've said this for weeks, that every, everything that I grade, I, like you just mentioned, their offense, their defense, especially, everything comes in at average to so slightly below average. Mm-hmm. Um, you just mentioned everything's like 20th to 22nd. And, they have a bunch of one-score wins, got a bunch of turnover luck. You know, last week you get a kick return, um, you know, busted coverage against the Lions. And, you know, they're playing in the NFC too. And now the Jets get a massive upgrade at quarterback because they have a quarterback who can complete passes in the flats. That's basically what the Jets needed. Uh, just make the make the first read throws. 
Zach Wilson was incapable of doing that. And this is a defense that you can attack that way all day. Uh, so, yeah, give me the Jets. Where are you going next? For my second pick, the fourth overall of the Week 13 Sunday six-pack presented by FanDuel. Let's go with the uh, Miami Dolphins plus three and a half at the San Francisco 49ers. And I know everybody's kind of freaked out about this game because of the Dolphins tackle injuries, which obviously not ideal. But you look at this Dolphin team and what do they do well? Tua gets the ball out extremely quick. One of the quickest quarterbacks, time to throw. The top-graded quarterback when getting the ball out in under two and a half seconds. The top-graded quarterback under pressure. The second-best-graded quarterback when there is no pressure. He's He's been balling no matter what, but his numbers when he has to get the ball out quick are on a different level than any other quarterback in the league, whatever metric you want to look at, yards per attempt, passer rating, uh, PFF grade, whatever you want to look at, on a different level. So I actually think the Dolphins' offense will still be able to function. Now, you look at, okay, on defense, the Dolphins, they're up to 17th in DVOA. So, you know, compared to what they what they were at one point in the year, it's gotten a little better, but – they're great stopping the run, they're, and they're great stopping traditional run games. You know, uh, sometimes quarterback runs gives them some problems. But when you talk about a team that's going to line up and try to run the ball, power zone, whatever, the Dolphins can stop it. They're number four in the league on defense in early down rush success rate allowed. We've seen them pretty much shut out the Vikings run game. I think Dalvin Cook got one long run late in the game. Uh, you know, the Texans, Damian Pierce did absolutely nothing. Like, this team shuts down run games. So I think it's going to make San Francisco kind of go a little bit out of their element, maybe even turn it into a, a passing type of game. And I think the Dolphins can win this one. I think the Dolphins can be efficient here uh, with the with Tyreek, with Jalen Waddle. Uh, there's obviously familiarity on both sides. So I like, always like the dog in that spot, especially when I'm getting more than a field goal. Uh, and I've been saying, I think this Dolphin team is going to surprise some people. I mean, you look at San Francisco and they've been balling as we expected, a lot of talent on that team, obviously, but you know, you look at when they faced a, you know, a, an offense, the last great offense they faced really was because the Chargers were kind of banged up. Cardinals are banged up. Rams are banged up. You got to go back to the chiefs and they completely just mollywhopped them. And that Falcons offense that was humming, granted the Niners were able to banged up for that one, but you know, Falcons were able to put 28 on them. You know, they, they just haven't faced many good offense. I mean, the Broncos, the Seahawks, the Bears, Rams twice. Uh, you know, even the Falcons aren't great. Banged up Chargers, banged up Cardinals, uh, you know, banged up Saints. So I think it's going to be a little bit of a shock to the system for San Francisco. I don't think they're going to be quite as dominant on defense uh, as they've looked uh, to date. Kind of like the Patriots when, you know, they just played all these shitty offenses and then, you know, they come out and it, it turns into kind of a shootout last week against Minnesota. I think it's going to be the same type of game. Tua is nine and four in his career as a, as a dog against the spread, uh, give me some Tua. Give me some Dolphins here, plus three and a half against the Niners. Uh, I'm going to disagree. I, don't, I mean, I don't disagree taking over three against Shanahan, who's like always so, he's horrible as a favorite, especially at home because he's so conservative. Like, cool, 
goal uh if they're up if it's tied and it's like first and goal at the one with like you know a minute to go he'll just take three knees and then kick a field goal and he won't go for it on fourth and one at like the 12 like that's he doesn't like he doesn't like to build margin at home which is why they're awful as a hey he gets too conservative at times so i don't hate you for that but I, you know, I've been waiting for a time to fade the Dolphins. I mean, look, two has been great. He's like on, on pace to set the record, the passer rate record on third downs, which it's it's not as sustainable as early down success. But he's, but look, his last four wins have come against the Texans, Browns, Bears, <laughs> and Lions. So like he's playing the poverty of poverty defenses in the NFL. And then earlier this year, right, like, they he was bad against Buffalo. They got a miracle. We got out game by about three hundred. You know he was not great against New England, and then against the Ravens they're down like fifty, and and then the Ravens go into prevent of a bunch of coverage busts. So like, I mean he was great in that game. Like you can't say he wasn't great. Well, late, yeah, late. Yeah, but they were down. They were down, like, I, I they not, were down twenty-eight in that game. I'm not expecting then, the Niners to put up forty points. I but mean. most of it's I mean like everything has happened in this the last four weeks against the. Uh, and it's not like the Ravens have been great at stopping uh, teams late. Just look at last <laughs> week. They blow leads every week. But, yeah, the Texans, Browns, Bears, and Lions, That's I think that it's a little inflated. And San Fran, yeah, yeah San Fran has had the easiest schedule in the NFL to date. But their early down defense, which is very sustainable, is the best in the NFL by a wide, wide margin if you look at adjusted EPA per play. And – they should get Eric Armstead back this week. He's on the practice field, looked spry, which is huge for their run D. Uh, their defense became elite last year when they moved him into the middle. And uh, look, I, the Dolphins' defense, like, like I just mentioned the teams that they've been playing lately. Um, and, and look, the Bears put up 30-plus. The Lions put up 30-plus. And they, you know, they shut down the Texans. Great job. He shut down Kyle Allen. Um, and they did a good job against the Browns. I was impressed with that effort. But the Dolphins like to blitz – and they, but they don't get pressure. And that's not great for Jimmy G. And I'm not talking about just this year because they have played a pretty soft schedule. But if you look historically at Jimmy G's stats, he really struggles under non-blitz pressure. So whenever you blitz him, like his numbers are always pretty good because he just has like one, like I know, all right, I'm seeing the blitz. I know I'm going to go here. I know I'm going to check it down. Or I know I'm going to go to my tight end. Or I know I'm going to go to Debo and I'm going to dump it off. You know, it's all short passing. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great, too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. But if you are playing coverage, 
not blitzing, and then you have ends that can get pressure on him, he will make mistakes. He will have the head-scratching Jimmy throw. Remember the pick last week that I think got overturned for uh, some penalty where the Saints ended up fumbling and they got it back. Something crazy happened. I know he got bailed out. But that that's, you know, the Dolphins aren't that. They like the blitz, and they're not, they don't get natural pressure without blitzing. You know, Chubb helps that aspect a little bit. But overall, in general, and Miami really struggles to defend running backs, the slot, tight ends, and short passes. They're 29th DBOA defending short passes, which is where the Dolphins, I mean, where the 49ers like to live. Meanwhile, you know, student versus pupil here, I tend to favor, uh, I mean, sorry, teacher versus pupil here. I tend to favor the teacher in the first matchup, but the 49ers defense is elite defending short passes. They're number two. So, yeah, it's a really interesting matchup. I don't hate you for taking over three. Uh, I wanted San Fran minus three. Um, didn't get it. I'm not laying three and a half, but I will say that uh, I did uh, money line the Niners with uh, the Ravens, who should win. But I, uh, I don't trust the Niners. That I'm, this is that kind of I don't game trust the Niners to win with margin. When, yeah, I mean, listen, and all I need to do is keep it within a field goal. And I think the Dolphins have a very good shot of winning this game because if the Niners, you, yeah, you okay, everything they do is short passes. It, there's just naturally like not as much margin for error. Jimmy G's banged up, by the way. You know, they're not they're being coy about exactly how hurt he is, but he's he's not a hundred percent. He's something's up with his with his knee. Christian McCaffrey's not healthy right now. Uh they just lost Elijah Mitchell, who is running better than McCaffrey. You know, like this, this, this it's I think it's gonna be a little bit of a struggle for the Niners. And uh, you know, they haven't they haven't faced like th- how do you beat a defense that's talented and elite with guys like Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill and Tua? Like that's, I think it's a great matchup for Miami. Yeah, we'll learn we'll learn a lot about both teams because of who they've played recently. Yeah. All right. Uh, for my third pick of the Week Thirteen NFL Sunday Six Pack, I'm going with the. It's hard. I can't even say it with a straight face. The Los Angeles Rams <laughs> plus seven and a half against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I'm just I'm assuming there's no Donald. There's no staff. I'm assuming they're just getting shut down for the year. Yeah, there's no cup. There's no Allen Robinson. The offensive line is a mess. Bryce Perkins is starting. I don't even I don't even know who's starting. I'm assuming it's Bryce Perkins again to get his second start. Uh, I don't care. I cannot get anywhere close to this number. These are still professional players playing they're not going to quit and I, I said earlier this year i said the 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 rams without donald and cop when they look like they were both hurt i said they're basically like the uh and stafford are basically like the texans which is, <laughs> which is fair which is fair they're and they more, wish well, they had damian pierce yeah they're Kyra a little more, looking good to be fair yeah Kyra was like Kyra was but they're a little more uh they're better coached than the texans um and this is a divisional game, and I know they'll show up. Like, it's guys playing for their jobs and contracts. They're not just going to quit. And by the way, there's no tanking with the Rams. They're going to tank for the 200th pick. Their pick goes to the, the Lions, I think, in the first round. They don't they don't have a first-round pick for the next two decades. There's no tanking. People are like, the Rams are tanking. Tanking for what? The 78th pick? Yeah. Um, they don't have any. They don't have any. They're, I, I think their picks go to the Lions. They go to somebody. Yeah, yeah, um, the Lions. And, yeah, so uh, – they're still going to show up. It's like the, it's like the Texans. So you're telling me the Browns with the Sean Watson back, who are better than the the Seahawks, are 
only seven point favorites at Houston, a literal corpse that has no coach and that they're, they're not as big of a favorite as Seattle at the Rams. I don't care who's playing quarterback. This is a crazy overreaction to all the injuries. And how many times do we see wounded teams in spots like this once the lines get way too inflated? Like, I saw, I saw this line earlier this week. It was like three and a half, four and a half. I was like, eh. And then it jumped up. And then the Donald News. And, it, and then it flew through seven. I said, you got to be kidding me. And I took eight. Would take this down to seven. But definitely taking it at seven and a half. Home dogs, by the way, for what it's worth this year, catching seven or more, seven and oh against the spread this year. Talked about the reduced scoring environment, harder to build margin. The one thing that I think the Rams will still do, losing Donald obviously really hurts. He's probably worth about you know one and a half points, which is crazy for uh, a non-quarterback. It's as high as you'll ever get for a defender. So he's definitely worth a lot to the spread. He's going to not get as much pressure. But the Rams still just the, schematically, they'll be still okay against the run. And that's the whole key against Seattle. If you can just slow down their run, it really – slows down their play action game and Gino. And, you know, this is still a, uh, I think a defense that'll have pride and look, it's Perkins, second start. Could run around some behind that awful offensive line, but Seattle's not going to get a ton of pressure. And we've seen Seattle's defense. Like last week, they got 600 yards. That's like a big 12 game. They have 600 yards to the Raiders. So I, I think that we were crowning the Seattle defense a little too soon. So yeah, I think that, the Rams could find a way to put up some points here, but this is purely a numbers play over a key of seven in a divisional game. These are, these guys still have some pride. Um, I cannot get to anywhere close to Seattle minus seven and a half on the road here at the Rams. I don't care. Once again, if you're playing quarterback, the only way that I would not, I will buy out of this bet. The only way that I will buy out of my Rams plus eight position is if, Tomorrow, the Jets trade Zach Wilson to the Rams and he starts for them. That's it. If, not not even Cooper Zach Rush. Wilson, what about if the Cowboys trade Cooper Rush? Don't care. I'll back Cooper. If as <laughs> long as the Rams don't start uh, Zach Wilson, I like this. Yeah, I thought about this one too, and then I it just it was going to take me like three hours to figure out exactly why I wanted to bet the Rams. Uh, but I, I agree. This is just like seven and a half points. Uh. For the Seahawks against anyone on the road, it's just divisional game. Like this, yeah, it's crazy. It's a crazy line. I'll happily wear, put the clown makeup on for you, and take the side so you don't have to make the case. But basically, comes down to just the line is too high, and it's hard to build margin in the NFL this year. This is the low total game. I think it's going to be lower scoring. And how many times have we seen backups? You know, people step up. You're going to have some defensive linemen that step up here. Schematically, the Rams will still be okay against the run. And I think that they'll be able to move the ball some. Everyone can against Seattle. Uh, so, yeah, give me give me the Rams here. Pride game. Guess who covered the 60, plus 16 and a half last week in his first start? Bryce Perkins. That line yeah. got away. And, uh, of course, the, the uh, Chiefs keep – Screwing up in the red zone and Rams find a way to cover. I mean, it, it is a corpse, uh, but these are the these are the types of games, you know, when you get deep into betting and, and you're betting at this point in the season, these are the type of games that they're not gonna be comfortable, they're not gonna look or feel like the right 
play is going to be like, why, why, why am I even doing this? But uh, you'll see these games cover, uh, like you'll see the dog cover in these spots uh, more often than not. Like, I, yeah, I there's, say, I, 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 I think 58, they're... 58, 42 cover rate for the dog in this spot. Yeah, the and it's worth noting that there are teams that in the NFL, like, oh, this team just quit. Like, that can happen. A locker room could go sour. And it is a team sport more so than like uh, baseball, right? Where like, or even basketball. I mean, you, you could lose some team chemistry, but there's individual performances. But like in football, you need like everyone working together. You got to prep right. So you can have teams that are that just quit. But these are professional athletes. Like they're playing for their jobs, their contracts. The coaches are playing for you know their jobs and contracts. And the the only time that I think that come, really comes into play is like the the last week or t- last couple of weeks, like you can have teams that every once in a while in the NFL, this happened, obviously happens in the NBA, that knowingly tank, right? Like Sean Payton this week came out and he said, uh, Lovey Smith actually, uh, back in 2014, knowingly tanked to get Jameis Winston. And he was in the, he was like, he pulled like every starter in the, in the second half and, they just said at, at late in the season, they said, we're going to lose this game. So like they just were taking out their starters one by one to make sure that they lost the game. So that could happen like the last couple of weeks, if it's like for the number one draft pick. But as I mentioned, the Rams have no incentive to tank zero. They don't have a first round. Draft. It's not like they're like, Hey, let's get our, our quarterback. They can't. They, so anyway, where are you going for your final pick? For my third and final pick in the sixth overall of the week, 13 Sunday, six pack. I'm going with the Detroit Lions minus one at FanDuel against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Shop around for this wine. You may be able to get it with the Lions as a dog. Uh, I did uh, this wine. Guess got hit by some some big money and it flipped to the Jaguars. But uh, I'm going to sell on the Jaguars hype right now. Love the matchup for the Lions here. So... What does Detroit do? Detroit loves to blitz for better or worse. Aaron Glenn will blitz. And Trevor Lawrence is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league against the blitz. 26th in PFF grade, 30th in yards per attempt uh, when the defense sends extra rushers. And that's kind of translated to something I've talked about earlier in the year, which is uh, also some struggles versus man coverage. And they, the two go hand in hand, but the Jaguars are one of the worst teams in the league. 6.9 yards per targeted pass uh, against man coverage compared to 7.9 against zone. They're 26th against man, 18th against zone. Uh, and generally, you're supposed to average more yards against man coverage and blitzes and things like that because you have one-on-ones. So uh, Lawrence really hasn't been able to, to figure it out. It's, it's, it's caused him a lot of trouble, and that's why – he can look so inconsistent. One week he looks great. The next week he doesn't. And I keep saying this. I, the teams keep playing the wrong defense against this Jags team because I went back and looked at the the Baltimore Ravens and what they did. And, of course, they pretty much stayed in zone coverage throughout the game. And you just, it, it's just not – you know, the Jaguars, they can make plays against that. Trevor Lawrence, he, he kind of picks that apart. And – uh, Detroit will not do that. They'll muck up the game, sending sending pressure. So I think Detroit matches up well uh, on defense. Okuda practiced Wednesday, uh, which is good because you know Zay Jones coming on strong. 
to give them another threat with uh, along with Christian Kirk. And uh, so the Lions getting healthier here, and they've been playing better on defense, you know, since kind of the midway midway point in the season. They made they fired, I think it was their defensive backs coach. They made some schematic adjustments. Uh, they got some, you know, Herbert Joseph in there. They got Jerry Jacobs in there. So kind of, a lot of, some of their younger guys are still, yeah, you know, yeah, Hutchinson's, yeah, Hutchinson's playing, really Hutchinson's playing well. Better. So it's not the it's not the same defense that you know I think it was maybe the first month of the year we were saying oh this is historically bad defense it's, it's just a bad defense a, a defense that can, like we saw it on Thanksgiving they couldn't hang with the Bills enough for their offense which by the way is finally getting healthy to to put up enough points well now in this game I need them to win but they're playing the Jaguars who. You know, if you need to win, if you know, because the Lions have scored a lot of points at home, they have they're still only two and four, uh, so they haven't won many games at home. But this Jaguars team is just Jekyll and Hyde, and that's why I love selling high on them. And you were you were right on it. You know, last week was the time to be on them, but when you look at this team, that the same team that beat the Ravens needed a comeback, by the way. Uh, this is the same team that went down, what was it? 24, 20 to nothing to the Raiders. Uh, same team that lost to the Broncos in London, lost to the Giants, lost to the Colts, lost to the Texans at home. You know, so that's what the Jaguars have been doing pretty much uh, before that win against the Raiders. So this team is up and down. A lot of it comes down to how they, the coverages are played against them. And you look at this Detroit team, when they're at home, you got to love their offense. 30 and a half points per game at home compared to 18 and a half points per game on the road. So a 12 point per game difference, uh, about 50 more total yards, 384 average at home, 338 on the road. And their point differential at home is positive. Uh, it's plus one. So it's still positive on the road. They're losing on average by a touchdown minus 7.3. So uh, very drastic home road splits for Detroit. They have Chark back. Reynolds is back. You know, they eased him in last week. Still, So they have their, you know, top three receivers. I don't think Jameson Williams is going to play this week, but you still have your top four receivers. Uh, you know, Swift is healthy. You know, he's off the injury report. He's probably not going to be a feature back, but they're working in all their backs well. Uh, their offensive lines, getting guys back, practicing uh, on Wednesday. So Detroit should be a full go on both sides of the ball here. And this is another one where I think the perception uh, again is that the Jaguars are you know, the much better team here. And I, I, you know, they were favored at one point on the road, probably at some books they still are. I, I just don't see it. Detroit 16th and overall DVOA Jacksonville 18th Detroit 12th in offensive DVOA Jacksonville 14th Detroit 24 on defense Jaguars 26th. And, uh, and they're pretty much equal in special teams. So Detroit's better overall. Detroit's better on offense. Detroit's better on defense. Detroit's at home. Detroit plays a, a style of defense that the Jaguars have struggled against. So give me them Lions minus one at home against the Jags. Hello, Detroit. You've won my heart. Uh, I don't disagree with you. I don't agree with you. I mean, you make some good points. I don't really have a strong feel here. It feels to me it's like a game that it's like who's going to have the ball last. But from a spot perspective, Jags and Trevor Lawrence haven't been the same team on the road. 
Lines extra rest here. Jags coming off that big emotional win. Do they carry some of that momentum over? Do they come out a little flat here against the Lions? Uh, I don't know, but I think the spot overall in general does favor Detroit. And I do think that, uh, you know, golf is, is, is playing really well and especially indoors at home with all of his weapons healthy in that offensive line, they should be able to move the ball at will. And it seems like you have a conviction that Lawrence is going to have some struggles, at least at times, which if that's the case, then the Lions will get the start at home. We got some Perkins. We got some Mike White. We got some Mahomes. <laughs> I got I got Mahomes, Mike White, and, <laughs> yeah, and Perkins. That's a, quite the, the spectrum there. But uh, we, we covered with a combo of Darnold and Mike White last week. So we could do this. Yeah, none of us had to give each other shit this week with Darnold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got Casey minus two and a half against Cincy, the Rams plus seven and a half at uh, home against Seattle, and the Jets plus three at Minnesota. I got Tennessee plus five and a half at Philly, Miami plus three and a half at San Fran, and the Lions. Minus one against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now it is time for the Week 13 Coaches Pep Talk. Every time we get ready to play, I just want to throw up. I'm sick of watching you guys play. Uh, This week's Furious Coaches Pep Talk comes to us from one of my favorite movies, the 2001 film Zoolander. And let's go on and dedicate it to Nathaniel Hackett again. I don't know. I don't know what this guy's doing. I mean, he's he's giving up all his responsibilities. You know, he's, he's switching things up in the coaching. You know, with, with Kubiak calling plays, and nothing is working. And he's supposed. You know, he's he just spent three years with with Aaron Rodgers. He seems like he has no idea how to deal with a a star quarterback who's got his ego bruised and is not playing well so gotta dedicate this one to nathaniel hackett we'll see how many more weeks hackett lasts at this rate shut up enough already the man has only one look for christ's sake doesn't anyone notice this i feel like i'm taking crazy pills you've got nothing 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 and I will be a monkey's uncle if I have you ruin this for me. Because if you can't get the job done, then I will. All right. Let's get into our favorite totals of the week. Uh, I will start us off since you let off with the six-pack. I'm going to go with the Giants and the Commanders under 40 and a half at Fandle. And I could have guessed that. Yeah, this is, you know, this is my style. Outdoor, divisional under, two teams that are slow-paced in the Giants and the Commanders. The Commanders have really started to slow it down once Heineke took over. They were rattling off a a pretty good amount of play volume under Carson Wentz, but that has uh, stopped with with Heineke. They're winning in, in totally different ways. They're down to 29th in situation, neutral pace. Uh, the Giants are still 21st. The Giants will go uh, some tempo here and there, but it's not an explosive offense, so it's not really hurting the total uh, in any measurable way. Um, but they they will rattle up just in case people will say, oh, man, the Giants are speeding it up. 
Uh, they, they will do that from time to time, but this is an offense that really doesn't get explosive plays down the field. And you look at this Giants offense, I mean, it got it got so bad last week that they had to use Barkley as a decoy and, and just keep feeding Gary Brightwell to manufacture offense. And, like, they're really kind of running out. Of, and Dable's great, but they're, they're kind of running out of ways to, to get offense going here. And now you got to face the commanders. And what do the commanders do really well on defense? They stop the run. That's just not an ideal matchup for the Giants. Probably even more so, you know, last week, I know we were like, oh, man, Giants wounded offensive line, no receivers facing this Cowboy pressure D. Brutal spot. But realistically, I mean, the Giants, you know, pass defense against the Giants is kind of doesn't really matter as much. You really need to be able to stop the run, and that's where the commanders excel. They are – Number four in run defense DVOA, up to 14th against the pass, too. So uh overall 11th, good defense all around. May may get some Chase Young back. I'm not sure. Uh he's, he's on Shaquille Leonard's status for me. And uh, I'm not banking on him coming back, but uh just yeah, like the matchup here for the command. And by the way, Heineke, you talk about uh a, a guy who's gotten lucky. He's had a one drop all year. He drew for some drop regression. Uh, yeah, he's got a bunch of turnover worthy throw. I think he's got the highest turnover worthy throw rate uh, and only a few turnovers. A lot more than Zach Wilson, but yeah. Yeah. So, like, I think you could see some drops, some, some uh, drive ending drops, some some turnovers that, that, that stall drives out. You're just hoping you don't get uh, like a pick six or a fumble six. But even if you do, uh, these offense, you know, this, this Giants offense is going to struggle to to kind of make it a shootout here. And this Washington team with Carson Wentz called a design run play, excluding kneel downs, 33% of the time uh, in the six starts with Carson Wentz. In Heineke's six starts, they're calling a designed run 52% of the time. So from a third of the time to more than half the time, Washington is running the football that eats clock, that is not as efficient as throwing. So... Give me the under 40 and a half in Giants Commanders. And let me give you a nice little uh, divisional. So many, got so many of these, but uh, outdoor divisional unders, 59 and 37, 61% since 2021, 23 and 10, 70% this season. The under in Giants games at home with Daniel Jones starting. 18 and 7, 72%, 4 and 2 this season. So under 40 and a half, Giants Commanders. A little nugget here that could help you too is, uh, and I, yeah, I make this lower, lower so I would agree, is the Washington is the best punt unit in, in the NFL <laughs> by far. And the, the Giants have the worst punt return unit in the NFL by far. So when Washington is punting, you could see the field get flipped really quick by. Trust White and company. The Giants have been horrendous on their punt returns, uh, blocking, uh, deciding when to return them. And, and Washington has been so good. They're by far the best punting team in the NFL this year. So that'll help with field position too. That's a great uh, point. Uh, and your Dory Jackson, who they replaced Richie James with, is out for the Giants. So that that's their preferred punt returner. And then Richie James is missing practice with an illness. And who knows if that could spread around the offense so yeah they, they might just have to let the punts go either way so yeah it could be could be ugly 
Yeah, I'm going to go for my favorite total. I'm going to go uh, – this one's scary. Raiders, Chargers under 50 and a half. Divi- huge divisional game late in the year. I think you might see these two teams play a little tight to the vest. The Raiders are slow. The Chargers are really fast, as fast as anybody. I do think the Chargers better move the ball some, but look, is Mike Williams going to go? Is he fully healthy? I don't know. But I don't I think, think so. Mo- yeah, I don't. I would. I would be shocked. But most importantly, I don't think Corey Lindsley is going to go, and that is a massive loss in the middle of that offensive line. The offense just started sputtering with him out against the Cardinals last week, and then you know you're going to have Pipkins, who looks like he's going to be out. You're down to like, you know, Storm Norton. Whenever Storm Norton is in there, he has been abused, abused in the past in this particular matchup by anybody that the Raiders throw out there. And that is the strength of the Raiders defense. So I I think that you don't have your deep threat. Your offensive line is in shambles. Uh, The Raiders defense is not great, but I think that they'll be able to do enough to get stops here, whether it's in the red zone or just throughout the game. On the other side, the Raiders offense, it's – you know, they they went bananas last week, thanks to Jacobs, who had over 300 yards. But he's not practicing, dealing with a calf strain. So there's a chance that he doesn't go. They say they're going to see if he can go. We'll see. Maybe he's not 100%. Maybe he doesn't get a full workload. And then you're doing more Abdullah, who's better out of the backfield. But I don't know if, if Jacobs is going to get a full workload here. And, you know, you're still down Redfro and Waller and – uh, so I think that the Chargers defense will compete enough. I think this is just a tad too high for the scoring environment this year. When you consider the injuries at receiver for both teams, the potential injury to Jacobs, and then the injuries on the offensive line for the Chargers, I think there's a tad bit of value. It's a scary one, but let's go under there. Yeah, I mean, Jacobs would be big for the Raiders. He is, you know, with all those he's guys, their oh, yeah, he's. He's really carrying it. I mean, especially with, you know, Carr and Carr really can only throw to Devontae Adams. And it's like weirdly schemed where sometimes he's allowed to throw to Devontae Adams and sometimes he's not. So it's just, yeah, that, that Raider offense, you know, talk about inconsistency. I mentioned the Jaguars that this Raider offense one week, they could put up 40 points and uh, three, you know, 300 yards on the ground and walk off touchdowns and overtime, which did they do that two straight weeks? They have a walk off touchdown and yeah. overtime. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. Uh, but they can also get shut out by the Saints. You know, <laughs> that's the kind of uh, that that's the kind of offense the Raiders is. Um, w- did not have a great feel for this one yet. Probably just early in the week. I don't know who's playing, but uh, I, I can't disagree with you. You know, divisional under, um, you know, very high for for 2022 when teams are averaging 21.9 points. So under 22. So full game. Totals on average are uh, about under 44 on average. So, yeah. Yeah, this is 20. They played earlier this year. It was 24-19, and both teams were full strength on offense. You're talking like Chargers the first game of the year. Might have talked me into it, actually. Follow us in the app, uh, at Stucky2 and uh, at Chris Raybon, and you can see what we're betting up to the minute and track your bets as well. To recap... Giants, Commanders, under 40 and a half. Raiders, Chargers, under 50 and a half. <laughs> two, two completely different styles. They, they both work, though. <laughs> uh, Got to give a little something for everybody on this pod. Let's get into our favorite teaser of the week. Oh, yeah. Six-point teasers. If you don't want me to.
Stuck has a lot of excellent content out there on the interwebs, breaking down how you approach teasers. You're looking to tease through key numbers, all that good stuff. So uh, go check that out. You can Google Stucky Teasers uh, and find all that content. But Stuck, where are you going for week 13? Let's go tease Ravens down from eight and a half to two and a half. The Broncos are a flaming dumpster fire. I think they traveled back to Denver too, and it is an enormous coaching mismatch. Ra- Ravens still, they could, this team could be undefeated. They blew another is, lead. Is late. Lamar good? Lamar's okay. Uh, I don't I even practice care. today. Don't care. Uh, <laughs> for this I don't week. always be a pretty good bagger, right? Huh. Yeah, they'll be fine regardless. And I mean, now you got the Broncos. I think the Broncos are like, I, I don't know if I'd be able to back them the rest of this year. I mean, guys yelling at Russ, and it's just imploding. Uh, the coach is an idiot. And, but, and uh, it's something to keep in mind here, the – I did mention with the Dolphins. The Dolphins special teams have been really bad, which was surprising. But the Broncos special teams have been horrific. I think they're dead last in my ratings for year-to-date uh, performance. I think they're 32nd DVOA, too. And the Ravens are clearly number one. So massive special teams – mismatch your massive coaching mismatch uh and the broncos just can't score and there's so many injuries and ravens will bounce back at home here and then let's just go giants now that this line's moved to two and a half giants plus eight and a half simple math here it's just total of 40 divisional game he's through three and seven that's the ideal piece uh daniel jones been really good by the way especially with what he's been working with over the past six weeks he's been a top 10 quarterback no matter what metric you look at should get Bellinger back here I think it'll be a slower pace game I like the under two so I think points are even more to preview than the implied total coaching mismatch that's a little extra prep and then like you mentioned that Heineke turnover and drop regression this should be a one possession game uh so let's go Giants and Ravens a little Super Bowl teaser from two decades ago I wish I could just tease the Ravens with the Ravens like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just want to invest in fading the Broncos some which way. Tease the, tease the total, the under and the Ravens. How many weeks are the Broncos going to go on? They go under every week. It's the same fucking script. What's the money line? Like, minus 375? I'm about to just weigh 3.75 units on the, on the Ravens. Like, this should I, be fine. Like, we're, we're only going to get so many more opportunities for, to fade this Broncos team as is with you know, Hackett and Russ and, and everyone's banged up, you know, like it, some kind of change has got to be coming soon, whether Russ gets benched or Hackett gets fired. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I like the Ravens too. Uh, I'll tease them. I'll go with the, I wrote the Bengals here. You know, when we talk about the Chiefs and I do think they're the right side at the, you know, at the under three, but we always talk about the Chiefs. We say, don't back them when they're favored by more than a field goal. They struggle to cover the big spreads and uh so by teasing the Bengals up here, that's essentially what I'm creating is uh, a larger spread for the Chiefs. Uh, you got Bengals. a great backdoor quarterback if you need yeah, one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, and you're going to get a really motivated T. Higgins because, uh, who is it, Reed, Justin Reed on the Chiefs just – he was like, ah, yeah, they got this guy Higby. I was like, oh, wait, I think Higgins is his name. But either way, I'm going to lock him up. Like just talking out of his face, gave him bulletin board material, so – yeah, I, I think the I think there'll be some points in this one, and I think the uh, Bengals can keep it close. Don't let's see. Have they lost by more than one possession once to the Browns? I think we were both on the Browns in that game. So yeah, we have the Bengals capped pretty pretty well this year. Uh, all right, 
So you know, you know, we have the, a good read on the Bengals when I'm when I'm winning bets against the Titans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, just a really good week for us. I mean, you want a Titans bet? I want a Darnold bet. You want a, a Mike White bet? And and, and getting uh, you got points. You got points galore for Mac Jones. Good week. Oh, that, under, that over was beautiful. They had it. They, no sweat overs are fu- are tough this year in the NFL. So that was nice to watch. <laughs> Yeah, I like. Yeah, I, I'm getting them with the props. You know that that's where I do. Like uh, the books posted like Tyron Williams one and a half receptions, easy over. Marcus Goodwin one and a half receptions, easy over. Uh, yeah. So yeah, love it. Uh, so recap teasers stuck on with the Ravens down to minus two and a half, and the Giants up to eight and a half. I'm going with the Ravens down to two and a half, and the Bengals up to eight and a half. Now let's get into our money line underdog parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the money line parlay. All right, it almost hit another one, and the, the Falcons somehow don't oh, win the God. game with the what? Was it a first and goal? Tip was it tip ball? Yeah, uh, tip ball pick. Why are they even throwing? They never throw. I know. Let's focus on this week. Where are you going? Uh, let's go. Let's get a little crazy. Let's go to Houston Texans money line against the Browns. This is uh, what, what I've done with a lot. A lot of times you always hear me say this on this podcast on our college one with money line dogs. I'm just looking for uncertainty. And that is what we have here with Deshaun Watson. Is he going to be rusty? I don't know. I mean, probably. How's he going to look? I don't know. Uh, he hasn't played a live Regular season game in over seven, at least 700 days. And we saw him in the preseason. He had a couple high and low throws. There's five throws. I don't, I don't know what that means, but there's a reason that quarterbacks have preseason and, you know, the guys that come back, they look rusty after injury right away. Like, so there's a chance that he just looks awful. And the Browns problem hasn't been quarterback play. Like Brissett has been fine. All their losses. And when, when the defense is just non-existent and the special teams have been horrific and Texans actually have decent on special teams, but if the Browns run sim defense doesn't shows up here, then Pierce can get going and Watson like makes a couple mistakes. I don't know. This is I think the Texans are a corpse. I'm so happy I didn't bet them last week and that line got up to like 14 and a half. I thought about it. But this is he still didn't cover too. <laughs> still. I know. <laughs> this is the game where they will show up for. Like, yeah, there's Watson want to win it too. Yes. But what I mean by that is like this will be a packed house. Like the it'll probably be by far the most people that come to the stadium all year. It'll be electric leading up to it all week. And this team will finally have life. And look, they played the Eagles in a, a you know prime time spot. You saw them have a little bit more juice. They went up to New York. And this is when they were able to run the ball. And they actually outgained the Giants. They should have won that game. When they can't run the ball, it all falls to shit. But you can run the ball in the Browns. So I think Pierce can get going here. And then I just have a lot of uncertainty with Deshaun Watson in his first game back. He, it could be – he could go wild and they win by 30. Fine. But he also could be – it could be an abject disaster. And he could just look horrible in his first game back. Fumbled snap, throws a pick six. And all of a sudden, you're alive here in a game that – I think the Texans, who are a corpse and probably will want to tank or want to tank, will actually show up for this game. Like this is the one game that they want to win, uh, basically because yeah. the crowd's going to be there. It's going to be hype, and maybe get a few calls because of that. And uh, so, yeah, I think just with all the uncertainty with Watson, this is a good money line dog candidate. 
And who knows? I mean, you know, there's been a lot of, uh, I guess, criticism of the signing of Watson and Watson himself, you know, for good reason. But with that being said, who knows where his mental state is at? You know, going into his first football game, knowing exactly what everyone's going to be thinking about, and it has nothing to do with football. And I believe I I heard that, um, you know, some of the the, the lawyer, I think the lawyer in the case and and some of the, uh, the, the, the victims are are going to be in the stadium. So, I mean, his his head could be, his head could be in a whole different place. Um, I hope it gets sold out. I wonder if it is. I don't like, I I would, I bet it is. I, I think this is their Super Bowl. This is the Texan yeah. Super Bowl. Like, beat your yeah. old quarterback who everyone thinks is, a, you know, is a scumbag. And, um, you know, like, that's – like, just Kobe Brissett was the good guy, and he, he's going to be on the bench. And, I mean, he – the Browns are number – I believe it was number four. They are number four in offensive DVOA. Uh, he did a great job. Yeah, eight, fourth overall, eighth passing, third rushing. For the Browns, but yeah, it could just it, Chubb and Pierce could both clear a hundred yards, and uh, could just be one of those back and forth games that you know something goes wrong for the Browns, uh, they could lose. That game. I just read this press release: Deep Steel Sunday is back at NRG Stadium this Sunday. The Texas host the Browns. Houston will wear the color rush uniforms. The Texans have won five of seven games when they play in those outfits. <laughs> wow! Rep in H Town and Bag of the Drum will be World Series MVP Jeremy Pena. The ten-time Grammy nominee Torin Wells will sing the national anthem, perform. Uh, at halftime, along with the Houston Texans cheerleaders, this is yeah, this is like the Super Bowl. They have like performances and special uniforms, and I think also an injury worth mentioning that I think does matter is uh, we'll, we'll see if Derek Stingley plays because he makes a difference as a number one corner. Uh, yeah, where are you going? I was, so I was gonna go with the Jets because I really like them this week. I'll probably be on the the spread, but I'm looking at the numbers and the, just like the Jags lines has been flip flopping. The Steelers are favor are, are, are laying, getting are laying points on the road against. So I'm going right back to the Falcons. Like let's hope they get it done this week. Every game for the Falcons uh, is going to be close because they shorten the game. They run a lot. Uh, they'll be at home. They're still alive for the division. Pittsburgh not a Tomlin spot on the road. Let down more like a letdown spot coming off a win. Unfamiliar opponent. My kids want to have a good Christmas. Short week. Is it an early start too? Yep, early start. This is the Steelers lay an egg spot. As much as I want to like Kenny Pickett, I think he does have some talent and and maybe uh, has a bright future. I'm not sold on him yet. But now that Mayfield is out of the picture, Kenny Pickett's been the worst pro- quarterback from a clean pocket in the league. And uh, so, you know, this Falcon team, they're not going to get a lot of pressure. They give you clean pockets. Exactly. They'll give you pristine pockets, but <laughs> – it's just going to come down to, you know, can Arthur Smith hit a couple of his scheme plays to Alamide, Zacchaeus, and and Kadaro Hodge, and Atlanta is going to run the ball. And, you know, Pittsburgh has a good run defense, but Atlanta is one of those teams, they just, they're so heavy. You know, they'll have three, two, three tight ends out there, fullback, that, you know, sometimes these run defense numbers don't mean as much when you're just, you know, putting more bodies out there. Uh, so I, I think Atlanta, you know, I mean, the Steelers, we're, we're the Steelers are favorites on the road. They 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 beat the corpse of Matt Ryan at barely because they they let the Colts go right back into that game and and now they're favored on the road. Ah I, I can't get I can't get there. So uh, I'm gonna audible and go with the Atlanta Falcons 
you know, it's a good spot. It's a yeah, classic. It's, it's, this is ridiculous. Spot. I mean, Steelers favored by a, uh, on the road. Uh, no, come on, come on now. We're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So if you parlay the Falcons at about even money and the Texans at plus 270, you get a little over 6X. So 100 gets you a $712 payout. So hopefully we can get back to the parlay hitting at the same time. You hit seven, uh, seven of 12 weeks. You've hit your money line dog and I've hit in five. Uh, so we, we have 12 money line hits through 12 weeks. Let's get into the best of the rest games. We have not covered in any other segment, but are still, as they say, meaningful to some. That's going to be a touchdown, but that may be meaningful to some of you. And you know who I mean. So first up, we got this Packer-Bear game. No idea who's playing quarterback for either of these teams. I did think Jordan Love looked very good, so I would like to see him get a start. Uh, But at the same time, Packers are favored by four and a half here, the total 43 and a half. Uh, could be a sneaky over spot if you get the if you get maybe like a Love and F- versus Fields matchup. Uh, I think the Bears defense is is toast, and I think Love is you know with, with the receivers all healthy could could be good. But uh, what do you think? This one's tough. I, they, who did the the Bears sign? Tim Boyle. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he has familiarity with the Bears offensive coordinator. He's been with the Packers. Tim Boyle revenge game. Um, oh, I don't know. I, uh, the two Rodgers replacements, Boyle versus Love. That would be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I thought Love looked okay, too. I, Rodgers said he's going to play. Yeah, he did. Uh, and he'll probably play until they're mathematically eliminated. And he just – this is probably his Super Bowl. Maybe it's the last night places. He just lo- loves to torture the Bears. I only um, So, I, I think it might be – I was thinking that, too. It might be a, a sleepy over – because the Packers offense still been a little unlucky. If Rodgers plays or if Love, you know, if he just gets hurt, Love, I thought Love looked okay too. And the Bears defense is a mess. I mean, Eddie Jackson's now on IR. Yep, yep. Their oh. backup safety yeah. also left with that. Crookshank left with the hamstring. They're down to like their healthy safeties last week were Houston Carson and Elijah Hicks. Elijah Hicks was the 260th pick of the draft this year. Defense is just they, you know, they traded Roquan Smith and they've traded all their it's a shell. Bangkok I couldn't tell you. I could almost name like every starter in the NFL. I, I don't think I could name maybe if you just said who's starting for the Bears today come Sunday, name the starters. Considering some of the injuries, I don't know if I could name more than five who's going to start. Offensively, I mean, it's not even much better. I mean, Moody's out for the year. Claypool's uh, banged up. Claypool's banged up. Look, they lost Riley Reef to a shoulder injury. So the only like remaining offensive lineman on the bench last week was with the next guy up was Alex Leatherwood. That's who they're down to, the Bears. And, and it's funny, is. their offensive line might be their best unit in this entire yeah. game. Like it, that's <laughs> so maybe they'll be able to run it a little bit. They maybe uh you know they can have some success running on the Packers because everyone does. And Fields plays, he'll run all over them. I mean, look what Hurts did. So yeah, I would love the over Fields plays. I just don't think Fields is gonna play. Look, why risk yeah. why risk playing him? I don't, I don't and I think that's that. why I think people know that's why the line jumped. Uh I don't think it's like jumping a lot because Rodgers is playing over love. Maybe Packers team total over. This Bears D is bad.
interesting trivia. Tim Boy was just like a bad quarterback with nothing interesting really about him. Yeah, him. this kid sucks. Peterman's the guy that was supposed to start last week. <laughs> like, yeah. Yo, thank God he didn't. So, like, the last thing I did, because, you know, I have to submit the fantasy rankings before lock, and I see the 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 the, the tweet, uh, oh, okay, Peterman's starting. So I, like, update the rankings, put Peterman in, and then, then I go, like, about, you know, setting lineups, locking bets. And then, yeah, I was, I'm with you. I would turn on the game, and I'm like, wait, that's not Peterman. Like, thank God it didn't cost me because uh, uh, Simeon didn't finish – as a top 20 quarterback, but like, Jesus, I mean, it didn't even, well, issue like at first I was like, Oh man, Simeon is, looks good. And then he did for like a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. You're not gonna, then he remembered he was Simeon. Yep. This might be another one where there's some prop opportunities. I, I think green Bay's offense has a good matchup, no matter what quarterback starts. Uh, both of the running backs should be able to, to run the ball uh, a ton here. Maybe. maybe yeah. This parody is horrendous. Uh, the other game. Could be just as ugly. Indianapolis at Dallas minus eleven are the Cowboys. The total forty three and a half. I really have no faith in the Colts against a pressure defense. After they didn't, what are they not pick up a first down until the second quarter against Pittsburgh's? You know, okay defense playing on the road. Now you're going to Jerry World. Dak twenty three and nine against the spread versus sub 500 teams, 72% in his career. So, you know, it, it, it's kind of tempting plus 11, but I'm staying away. What about you? Yeah. One of us will write off this game, unfortunately, because they didn't flex it. Uh, check out the action network app, but yeah, Ryan versus pass rush is not going to end well. Uh, and look, you have short week for the Colts extended rest for the Cowboys Colts going on the road, Cowboys staying at home. That only adds to it. Um, I'm not going to see a ton of value in lay with the Cowboys, but I'm not, I don't think I'm playing the Colts here just because it's the ghost of Matt Ryan trying to like, it's like a, an old woman trying to run away from like a burglar in a parking lot. Like it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's not going to go well. It's going to get caught. What you saw last week, it's going to be even worse this week. How good was Troy Aikman last week? Just lighting into Matt oh, yeah. Ryan. Every play is it. I, I just don't know why he can't just, place the ball in a place where the receivers could run. Like he's just not good throwing the ball. Like he, just, he was saying like he was just calling out the most like basic shit that Matt Ryan was not doing like an NFL he quarterback. Couldn't even, couldn't even convert a handoff and then couldn't even fall on the ball. How does he not recover that? Bro. Yeah. Matt Ryan is toast. My wife, this was on Monday night. She was down at her bar doing some work and she came home and I was laying so this is in like the third quarter. This is when they were at the goal line before the handoff fumble, mm-hmm. the fumble handoff. And I know like right after Monday Night Football, I got to get to start getting the work for college and, and NFL prep. So I, I went into the, I was like, this game is so bad. I had no money on it. So I went and laid in our bedroom and was just like shutting my eyes for a little bit. And then my wife came home and then she's like, you're not watching the game. I'm like, that game is so bad. She's like, never see me not watch a, a game. I was like, I'm just resting my eyes for a little bit. So she heated up some food and then she was sitting out there with my dog and then I could hear the game was still on. Like, obviously, I could still hear it. And she's like, oh, my God, this game is so bad. And then she's, like, describing to me what happened, like, Matt Ryan missing the handoff. So I had to go back and rewind it and watch it. I was okay. I never miss any plays. Like, in Monday Night Football, I don't care how bad the teams are. I watched the whole thing. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go shut my eyes for 10 minutes because this is so – I can't watch this. Matt Ryan couldn't do simple things like hit a receiver in stride. Uh, don't get Look your Rob Rivera. People were he was fucking screaming at reporters when Wentz was the quarterback. Now he's fucking <laughs> yeah, really? now he's fighting the playoff race. 
Or Matt Rule was all was all fucked up with Baker Mayfield. The minute yeah. a new coach comes in, get that dude out of there, and and now they're alive for the division in Week 13. Look at the Jets. You know <laughs> that is gonna wrap it for the Week 13 Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. If you want to check out more of our NFL betting content, go to actionnetwork.com or download the free award-winning Action Network app where you can follow our bets, you can track yours, you can read our content, all that good stuff. And uh, we will be back next week. Good luck this weekend. Let's get this money. Sorry, Mr.